There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Send water to horse. Send a water to horse. Send a water to horse. Send a water to horse. Excuse me, ma'am, that man is sending a water to you, the horse. Excuse me, ma'am, that man is sending a water to you, that horse. Um, Alistair, uh, welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. And by we, I mean you and me. By five sketch ideas, I mean the number five. Of sketch ideas that we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, That's great, right. Andy. Thank you very much for. Um, is that for, is that my weakest welcome. start? Fucking hell! No, 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 Andy. That was great. <laughs> I was. I think I was lost in the, in the world of a a guy at a bar. Yes. Saying, "Can you send? Can you send that horse over there? Who is also in the bar? A water." Yeah, is this a reference to you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink? Is that what well, you were I'm, doing? I'm there? sure that there's. I'm, I'm sure some of the elements were borrowed from that, but obviously mm. this is very different. Is it a why the um, long face? Is that is that a sort of a, like a why the long face kind of thing? Um, in yeah, this scenario, a, might a be it might be because bar, the man the man finds the that that length of face very attractive. That horsey face, mm. very uh, very yeah yeah cool. I get it. I mean, what's not to like? Mm. Um, if what if what about this? You know, you find eyes. Very, um, you don't like eyes, right? You find okay. eyes gross. You're just a guy who doesn't like eyes or a gal. You're not an eye guy, right? But then if, you don't, if you're not an eye guy, who better to kiss than a horse? So that when you're making out, the eyes are so far away mm. from the mouth where you are kissing the horse. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you'd still get to see one eye, I think. You'd still get to see at least one eye, and also the eyes are quite large. They're so much bigger. maybe, proportionally speaking, it all is a wash. Maybe a horse, while you're kissing it, looks exactly like a human. Maybe all that foreshortening of the various features, true. they average out. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know how that would work with the pointy ears. No, but I think um, I think that's, you know, I think you're probably right. If you kiss a horse from the right angle... Mm. It would probably look exactly <laughs> like kissing a human, because um, you probably wouldn't see the back legs because they mm. would be hidden bef- behind the front legs as well. Mm. And so um, then you'd only see two legs, which, and you know, a horse is, can be around the same height as a as a a man or a woman. Yep, yep. Um, um, the point of ears, that... but it could be like a hat. It could be <laughs> like a hat where you wear that has those ears. Could just be a. a... Uh, a um a, a horse, one of those horse um, mask things that are so funny, you know those rubberized horse mask things. What mm, about? But, but those, remember, you don't like eyes. A human. <laughs> what about those? But a human head, but yeah. for horses. There you go. Okay. Here we go. A, a pantomime human costume. Yeah. For <laughs> for horses to wear. I think we have Andy. We have come up with that We've, sketch idea. Yeah, great. I'm glad. It's a suit. It's a suit, so you can put two horses into it to make it <laughs> look put, like a man. You put two horses in. Yeah. You don't make it look like two people. It's no, two no, no. horses in and what, to be one man. I think Incredible. to me, pantomime, really is, pantomime is a synonym for two. Two. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, what is something else that is made up of two parts that you could refer to as a pantomime X? You know, like an, um, like a... Like a deuterium atom, right? No, yeah. no, that, that's not. Um, right. And helium, that's two protons, but then that's two. That's two. A pair. Neutrons as well. A pair. A pair. What? Like a the fruit. No. What do you mean? P a i r. That's something that's made up of two. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So you consider a pair to be a pantomime one? Is that? <laughs> it's a pantomime one. Well. I mean, a no, relationship, no, I think, I think, a marriage no. is a pantomime singlehood. 
Well, it's no two way. people climbing into the one relationship and pretending pretending like they're one person, like they're a single unit. I guess I guess a one is made up of two halves. And so it is a pantomime one in that there's two halves in there hiding inside of it. <laughs> How's this going for a, for a conversation? It's like one of the most abstract things you can possibly No, I do. Listen. I think I like that. It's a. <laughs> so, in a way, it's good. There's two halves in there. So, it's a pantomime two. Yeah. Wait, but, no. No, no, wait. Okay. A half? A, no, a one? No. Is a pantomime two or is or a two is a pantomime one? A two is a pantomime one. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think a two is a pantomime one. Or is a half? Oh, but not really. Yeah. Because it's not trying to be a one, is it? But if you get two halves and add them together to get a one, it's not really mm. a one. It's a pantomime one. Yeah. Like what's interesting about numbers, right, is that once you add two halves together and to get a one... There's no trace. You can't see the join in the one. There's no mm. way to tell that it was ever two halves. Right? Oh, I bet it's you information seamless. theory or something like that has some answers there. You know, well, it would be, be amazing like, well, quant- if for quantum all information numbers, can never be destroyed or whatever. Exactly. If for all numbers you could track their history and find out what numbers they'd previously been a part of, well, it mm. turns out this three actually originated when somebody factorized 27. And then you, well, there's there's probably a conservation of numbers in that regard, and there and they and a number cycle. There isn't that where numbers go places. They sort of reincarnate in some way. Do they? Yeah, and then they go into big numbers, and then over oh, time, God. those big numbers are broken down into smaller numbers. Yeah, yeah. And then right. those numbers then, uh, you know, are small, so they're easier to use, and then they get used, and then added up into bigger numbers. Back into bigger numbers sometimes. again. Hmm. I mean, like, what if instead of money, right? Is this a sketch? Instead of money, yeah, we just numbers are our currency, and there's only a limited number of numbers. And if you want to do maths, you've got yeah. to get the numbers from somewhere, and uh, you know, and and then you've got to exchange other smaller numbers. Like the reason you would want to add a five and a five together is because you have two fives, but what you really want is a 10. Now, I know what it sounds like I'm doing here is just money, but I'm not. It's just the numbers. It's the numbers. numbers. There's no right. money. But but wait, wait, wait. But if if you said that there's a limited amount of numbers, does that mean that there's only like one of each? No, there's not one of each. No. Okay. No. But they are they are limited. They are finite. So let's say that they've released only a million of each number. Mm, yeah, great. Okay, and then that's fine. And they, when God made the numbers, he thought that would be enough. Well, but he didn't think that there'd be so many people. So many people doing so much maths. But we're using up all the numbers now with all the mm. computers and the phones and that sort of thing. Numbers are being used up at an unprecedented rate. Yeah, but this, so what, you know, some sort of situation where the government wants to put a man on the moon, say, and that requires say, a lot of numbers, a lot of maths, mm-hmm. and so they do this public campaign and they get people to donate numbers that they're not using. Mm. That's nice, like numbers that they've just got, they've sort of been just collecting in a jar at home. Mm, yeah, in some way, it's some sort of abstract jar. I think the numbers will have to be represented by a sort of a very um, swirly. Uh, gaseous, sort of ever-shifting, changing thing. They're somehow like the numbers are are an innate piece of space-time that takes on this very interesting, mythical, mystical-looking form. Mm, But they couldn't just look like a number? No, they can't just look like a number. I mean, they do look like the number, but they've got a kind of a shimmery, Mm. scratchy weirdness to them. And maybe you've sort of... They're almost like animals. You keep them in in a pen in the... So you've kind of got a number familiar. Am I overcomplicating this? Maybe one of them travels around on your shoulder like Pikachu. Mm, Yeah, great. Maybe, you know, some of the really big numbers, you've got to break their spirit when you catch them in the wild. And then when you you go go play the lotto numbers, you know, you got that number on your shoulder and you go, 25, I choose you. And he jumps onto your little form. Yes. And he circles the number. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you 34. Think, <laughs> I choose you. You just you get out some numbers out of your pocket. You go, 
Uh, 76. It's mostly just money, but there's way more yelling involved. Yeah, right? it's way more yelling, and the numbers jump around. And, like, if you want to use a number somewhere else, you've got to rub it out from somewhere else as well, you know? But then you can get new numbers by breaking down big numbers, by factorizing. I mean, you what know, if it maybe was... Maybe you could, instead of mining, getting a job yeah. in a mine, you have a job just factorizing big numbers down into small numbers for people to use in their everyday lives. So what if there was it was numbers instead of animals? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. And then and yeah, so everybody's, great. you know, and then you could I mean so that way you could you could still use them in work like, you know, so that's like it's like farming or whatever, but it's also like, you know, uh, the meat industry or whatever, you're cutting mm. them down so that people can buy some ones and things like that. But then you can also go and fight numbers. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Underground to find out which one's bigger, because people don't also don't really have a good sense. No, they just don't. They go fifty three versus twenty two. Fifty three wins. So numbers are out there, right? They're 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 in some sense a physical entity, but we don't understand them. And like you know, like you couldn't say which dog is a, a higher dog than another dog. You know, in a number numerical sense, we haven't actually placed the numbers into into numerical order. <laughs> we haven't managed that, and so no, the way yeah. that we work out which number is bigger is by making them fight. That's right. And <laughs> it's it's the really early days of maths <laughs> before there was any category system. Yeah, this is my favourite <laughs> idea ever. And like, they don't this and don't... all its fucked implications. I love it. Because in so a way, <laughs> in a way, a number, a number isn't like a twenty-five isn't a two and a five. Yeah. Right. No, it's not. It's it's a quantity. You know, it's a it's <laughs> it's it's an amount, right? But maybe in this world they're not they're not you know they don't manifest themselves as a two and a five, even though the viewer might see them as a two and a five. Mm, the viewer, you, the viewer. Um, the, number the number just number. exists, and then mm. <laughs> all right. Um, um, that's very good. Now, Alistair, before I forget, oh God, I'm already forgetting. Hang on, I'm going to drag this idea back by its tail. Oh, it just just as I was thinking, as I, as we were talking about all of this, I was like, this is the kind of thing that I imagine people talk about when they're on drugs, right? And you yeah. know that famous sort of that famous thing that people would say to you know wacky comedians or or musicians. Oh, oh, you must have been on so much, so many drugs when you came up with mm. these ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody ever says the opposite to people who come up with very mundane or boring <laughs> ideas. Oh, you must have been so sober so when you sober. came up with that. <laughs> so what, when they yeah. do a boring story, mm. or just a just yeah, a normal or, or, story, you know, or just like when you present a report at at work, you know, and it's just the the. The levels in the overflow tanks at the um, Bendigo Reservoir um, graphed over a six-month period, mm-hmm. and it's pretty stable. And they're like, "Oh man, yeah, you must have been off so many drugs." <laughs> yes, you must have had a whole bunch of waters before you came up with that. <laughs> oh, I did actually, and that affected some of the results that you can see on page three um, when the reservoir. They're wet. Dropped, <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> well, I guess he also seeing the water level in the reservoir dropping. That was what I was referring 0.1%. to. But yeah. you, you, I like your one. <laughs> <laughs> it's written down, Andy. I think it's. I mean, a, I think it's a everything's really a reservoir, idea. isn't it? Everything's a fucking reservoir when mm. you think about it, isn't it? The, every cell of your body is a fucking reservoir. Every a cup, a cup is a reservoir. Of, of water, mm. or whatever it else. When else you close it, is that you put when you, in it, when you close a, a door, that room is a reservoir of air. What about this? A coffee reservoir. Now I'm okay. not sure exactly where this, how this works, but maybe mm. it's in a situation where coffee um, is somehow like processed centrally. Maybe mm. it can't be made um, at, in in the home. The the. Sure. the the, or 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 we've found a much more efficient and more 
effective way of extracting the coffee flavour, but it can only done, be done on an industrial scale. And so there are these enormous open-air coffee reservoirs. Mm-hmm. And they're warmed with um, geothermal with geothermal energy. Yeah, <laughs> they're constantly bubbling. Mm. And, uh, and, and you, 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 I guess you visit there with a big thermos and you fill it up. Mm-hmm. You know, right. once, you a, just, once a month, you can go. You can go coffee picking with your mm. with your family, <laughs> which is just you. You put on a big, big sort of thermal rubber glove. Yeah. Right, and then you have your your big coffee plunger, and that's why they're called plungers because you mm, plunge it plunge into it the in. reservoir. Yeah. Not like they are now, where they're called plungers because you plunge it down. Because you push <laughs> a stick. Yeah. Now the name has some meaning. Uh, I don't think they really are plunging because I think plunging is more something you do to a toilet. Does plonge in French plongeur? Does that mean dive or something? Yeah, I think that does mean dive. A diver. Yes. Oh, but mm. of course, we use plunge to mean dive as well, don't we? It's not like it's a. Take what the a plunge. word! Plunge. You don't plunge. take the plunge. You give the plunge. <laughs> That makes it suggest like the plunge is something that you leave with. This is a new kind of um, diving, right? Or is it new? Yeah. This is a new experience where you stand in a stand perfectly upright, right? Like in a pin drop with your arms pointed above your head in an empty Olympic sized swimming pool. And then above your head, mm-hmm. there is a full, there's another full swimming pool, right? but suspended in a sort of a big thing with big doors at the bottom, like a big mm-hmm. sort of bay, right? Big reservoir, if you will. And then <laughs> and then they just dump that whole thing down on top of you. Bam! And it's sort of inverse diving where, the, you know, in Soviet Russia, the water dives onto you. Yeah. So wait, so you're in an empty swimming pool, so it's got no water in it. An empty swimming pool, no water. Empty okay, water. right. But then you say you, right? dive, they, you dive in? Well, no, you're standing there, right? Okay, you're in the middle. You're in the already middle at of the, the bottom, standing at the bottom. You, in, a, in a sort of a diving position with your hands up above your head, and then the mm-hmm. water sort of comes down on top of you. as like one big slab, oh, if yeah, you can I like imagine that. such a thing, a slab of liquid. Yeah, and, I can. And, and it, you know, it, it hits you at the exact same speed that you would hit the water if you were diving from the top of a, um, a diving board. Mm. But I, I'm just... I just wonder in what ways the experience would be different as well. Yeah. Would you be killed, for example? Would you be killed instantly? Well, I guess when you do have a dive, you don't yes. do it like you don't have concrete under your feet. Under your feet. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, would it be the equivalent of diving into the water and then just smashing onto the floor straight away? Mm. Because I think feet. it would be a little bit more like so. I guess the way to find whether you know find the equivalence maybe mm. would be would be to try with uh, to try diving. But what you mm. do instead of diving is you hang upside down from a concrete fl- slab. If you yes. can imagine that a, a, a <laughs> slab of concrete. Yeah, I can. Right, um, and and then that slab of concrete is dropped. <laughs> Into no. the pool, <laughs> Alistair. I'm not convinced that this is an analogy. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. But obviously, we're not going to slam you into the ground underneath the water because that wouldn't be equivalent. So I think there'll be some stoppers somewhere there to stop the cr- stop the concrete. concrete. But to then I the think concrete. that your legs would be yanked out of their sockets. You're you're strapped to this concrete, aren't you? Oh, or it, do it'll, you just... it'll have a you know it'll have a cushioning effect. I think maybe you and the concrete are in free fall. Right at the same rate, but you're not attached to the concrete. It's just that because okay. you're both falling together, you're able to stand on it. And how would you set that up? So let's say, <laughs> with, let's say, okay, so you fly. So it's an open air pool, right? You fly oh, a, a slab of concrete, yeah. roughly what, five hundred meters, a kilometer <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, right? great. Cool. Okay, now you're. I guess and this is the great those, like, thing. The slab of concrete is just slightly bigger than the the area of the pool, so there's yeah. no risk of the concrete coming down and crushing you. That's It'll really land good. on the edges of the pool, and yeah. you'll be able to plunge into the pool and yeah, remain safe. I think safe. we're really simulating the diving experience yeah. here, Alice. There, we've nailed it. 
Well, no, we're simulating the reverse diving experience. <laughs> okay. So then you drop the concrete, and I guess you're you're being held by a guy in a jetpack. Right? Yes, yeah, great. Who, who is, I guess, as the concrete starts falling, he's cutting his thing. Well, he's he, cutting. he has he has to use his jetpack to accelerate downwards and away and get yeah. out of the way. He's also we can't holding have him interfering with the results. This is science. That's right. Yeah, and he's holding you upside down, so you're kind yep. of being held, sort of toe to. Foot, you know, toe to face and face to toe. In a, I think in a kind of wrestling uh, move. Oh no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, yeah. And then, then eventually, once you know, you're the, he's matched. So the his two jet pa- the, the, is basically blasting into your face, yeah. which is being melted off. But you've got some kind of Teflon Kevlar face shield. Thing. No, no, that wouldn't that wouldn't perfectly replicate this, uh, you're this right, that reverse diving experience. <laughs> And then, then he gets out of the way when when you, when you guys have matched velocities or accelerations yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess you yeah. always match accelerations as long as you're falling for the same amount of time. Yep. And That's uh, right. and, and then and, and then, then uh, bam, and then bam. I guess then we'll see what happens. <laughs> But I guess he's but he's got to get your feet right on the base. I mean, I have so many problems with this idea. And I had them right at the start, but I mm. didn't say anything because I didn't realize it could possibly go on for this long. Yeah. <laughs> but now it, we're so far into it that I can't bring them up now either because yeah. it will um, it'll undermine a large portion of the podcast. So you reckon there's a sketch idea in this, Al? It's a tough one. Um, I but, mean, because, because but... I, think, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's reasonable for after so many generations of us being the ones that dive into water. We would be interested to know what it feels like to have water dive onto us. That's but, true. Look, but we haven't, we aren't able to simulate. We aren't able to do that exactly as I said in my first example. For some reason, can't remember um, what, what the reason was that we can't do it. But, but now uh, we we can do something much worse and more complicated that will m- achieve the same effect. Um, look, right? I've written testing if diving is the same as reverse diving and is the same as reverse reverse diving. Great. <laughs> That'll do me. That yeah. sounds like how you test a mathematical relationship. If you can do it both ways and then back the other way again, yeah. you've you've that's that's a hundred percent that's a There's one more one in which you I guess you could you could take all of the water and the concrete and the person mm. and shoot them Into all in space. the same direction just to see what happens. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so they're moving along at the same speed. The water, yeah. a big slab of water, Yeah. right? Now, are you... Is there an atmosphere here? Because well, I, yeah. I kind of wish we could do this in space. It would be so much easier. Well, it's quite interesting you should say that because I was thinking before while we were talking about this, and I'm sorry if this is too distracting from that really good and important sketch idea, Mm. but why couldn't you have a vessel, a space vessel, Mm. that was a big bubble of water, like a big... I don't know why why I've got this idea, but you could, could, you know, potentially fly around in a big bubble of water, and there's something (laughs) in the middle that kind of does... You know where where you can breathe and stuff, but but by a bubble of water you mean like a like a like a droplet basically, right? Yeah, but because a would bubble be like is usually a gas or air, but you're referring to a a sort of a a solid droplet or like you know a a full big droplet of water held together, I assume, under its own gravity. Is that yeah. the idea? And yeah, a bit yeah. of surface I think, tension? I think in space, like, you know, in space, you've seen them squirt out a bit of water in, in the International Space Station. Yes. And that I stays have. together, you know, as a bubble of water or whatever. Unless it does, yeah. It. But that is not in a vacuum. And I'm not sure how this would play out in the vacuum of space. Oh, I think yeah, that the water might true. either evaporate or freeze. Yeah, that's true. Or possibly both. 
Um, but, but that's not. But freezing isn't necessarily bad, right? Like you have mm. your big droplet out there; it freezes around the outside. You've got this is actually very good science fiction, Alistair. That mm. the outer shell freezes instantly, right? Now someone comes along with their blaster; they're shooting at your um, liquid spaceship. Mm. Sure, they shoot through the outer layer of ice. What happens instantly? The next layer underneath freezes. Now on contact with the. Um, with the the vacuum of space, yeah, and and now you've got a, like it's a self healing sort of ice ship, yeah, I think and it's a very good idea. Oh wow, this is this is really working out for me here because all um, that shit about like shields are down and all that kind of stuff that mm. they do in Star Trek and stuff. Sh- the shield thing is just like a made up. Um, it's a narrative device more than it is. Uh, a mechanical or a feasible science fiction idea. Yeah, but shoot but, your ship up with a bubble of water, and it yeah. does become a bubble with that outer crust of solid mm, ice. Yeah, yeah, I think that everyone would agree that that's what a bubble is. <laughs> well, it's pretty bubbly. It's round. It's got a, and, a and spherical you're outer crust somewhere inside this. You know, with a deep with it with a thick layer of water around you that is kept liquid um, by heating. But, yeah, um, well, because you're probably you're, you're probably in a little submarine, basically. You're probably propelling yourself in some way through through space, mm. and so some of the heat from that will kind of keep this stuff close to you. You're basically in a submarine in the middle. Yep, uh, or at least I a submersible. Could, it would be so good to be able to create gravity fields, right? Mm. To to generate gravitons and create gravity fields, because then what you could do is you could just Start up, start out with a certain amount of momentum, right? Or you, you, you know, your spaceship could just be going fast to begin with, and then all you got to do is bend space time here and there so that it curves your path to steer, and you don't actually need any propulsion. You just, you just keep bending space to allow you to go mm. in the direction that you want to go. Some kind of uh, gravity pliers. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like doing pinball in space. But there are no things to bounce off, so you just have to. You know, so basically, you bend, you bend space, space just a slight bit forward, like a sort of a, a slight bit of gradient down. So it's kind of like a space becomes like a downward hill for you. Yeah, yeah. Self-propelling, and um, and in some way you're. You're always yeah. rolling down this potential slope that you've created. Mm. But will you go around in a circle? That's probably what's going to happen, right? But if you make your circle spheric large enough, you could get to places that you want. Yeah, and also you can switch it on and off, right? So remember, you you start falling down towards something, and then you just switch it off, and then you just keep rolling. Oh yeah, as it were. Anyway, this is very very worthwhile. Is there a, is there a sketch idea? In this? <laughs> Water. I mean, what about this? Water ship. Right? What about this is a uh, a like a vehicle showcase, mm-hmm. right? It's one of those things where they announce new cars, and um, you know, the Hyundai has got a new people mover that has, um, and they're announcing that it's got Bluetooth in the back seat now. The kids can in the back connect seat. to the Bluetooth. Every seat has a separate Bluetooth connection. Yeah. Right? And that's their big announcement. And then someone else comes out and their big announcement is that they've invented gravitational pliers and a spherical water-based mm-hmm. <laughs> space submarine. And they're able to distort the fabric of reality to allow you to accelerate and move. Um, and, you know, you can be shot at by enemy ships and uh, it's okay. You know, they just have such... An entirely unprecedented uh, thing that it just—it's just—it's uh, funny by virtue of the contrast with the um, the other cars being announced yeah. at the car show. That's just what Volkswagen have been announcing. <laughs> is, that they, a, is that a sketch? They, yeah, I think. Yeah, um, great. I mean, really? I think there's an idea. I mean, I mean, it kind of feels it's probably the next step when you're creating sort of um, hydrogen vehicles that you would create hydrogen and oxygen vehicles. 
Yes. It's and, a fusion of sorts. Know, and, and, then, and then eventually you just kind of, the vehicle gets smaller and the hydrogen and the oxygen get bigger and you just, you don't want to have to carry it around mm. um, in those compressed, I mean, I mean, I think only the hydrogen gas you have to carry around in a compressed sack or whatever they're put into. So you're sick of that, having to do that. So you just create a Gravitron generating machine. And at first it's just for for on Earth, but then you realize, well, you're picking up a lot of a lot of dirt as you kind of travel mm. along. Makes your vehicle a bit heavier. So you want to take it to where there is no dirt. The great undirt a- undirted space. Ah, yes. The dirtless expanse. The old no dirt. Do they ever refer to space as no dirt? <laughs> well, you know, they refer to the ocean as the big drink. So it feels yeah. perfect right as it would be the old the old mouthfulness the way the old mouth <laughs> Oh well. The old no mouthful of dirt. I think that the um, the water spaceship, like the globule going through space and just like a, a, a globule of water. The would globule be great is a great for, name for the vehicle. The globule uh, would be for a, um, a sort of an aquatic space. Like if you became a super intelligent aquatic species, that's mm. what you would do. You know, I mean, that's basically what we do, right? We take, because you think about it, if fish made spaceships, they'd have to be full of water. We make spaceships and they're full of <laughs> air. They're full of air. If and moles like made spaceships, they would be full of dirt or worms, right? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. No, a mold-based creature would fill their... Would, <laughs> their spaceship would be filled like a vegetable crisper. No, I, I said mold, but not mold, but... You're right. Uh, if it was a mold one, it would be a vegetable crisper. It would be a compost heap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? That like in all these um, alien civilizations, whenever mm. you you go onto one of their spaceships, it's always like, if not breathable air, air it's always a gaseous. It's like an atmosphere that they have inside the ship. You never go yeah. into a ship and it's full of water or liquid methane or you know uh, or dirt or or rotting rotting vegetable matter. Yeah. But imagine if the first you know super intelligent pan galactic pan galactic species was some kind of like filthy scavenging like a I don't know like a sort of weird bug rat yeah, f- yeah. fungus-eating bug rat, and it just comes yeah. out of its of its stink pod. Yeah, <laughs> they're super intelligent, but they love to eat garbage, and they and burrow through it and stuff. And they land on Earth in their you know, amazing-looking spaceship, and that door on the front opens up, and just this tidal wave of rotten food just pours out. Yeah, there's that's a, that across is a big... all over the president who's there. Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon LBJ, all the way with LBJ. That's my oh. motto. <laughs> was it? Was that a joke about BJ? <laughs> well, no, surely not, because that's not going all the way, is it? Getting a well, BJ. <laughs> but it's L for long. <laughs> ah, right. <laughs> I mean, going all the way with LBJ does sound like we wanted to fuck him. <laughs> if you're an international listener... You will know perhaps of LBJ, the American president who took over after Kennedy. But when he came to Australia, our then prime minister, who I believe was Alastair Menzies, maybe? Maybe. Old pig iron Bob, right? Yeah. He had a famous saying, which was that Australia was all the way with LBJ. Maybe it was Holt. Maybe it was Harold Holt. 
Anyway, uh, we uh, we haven't examined that phrase all that much. It's entered into the lexicon to a certain extent, but it does sound like that we as 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 a nation did want to have sex with him, and maybe that's why they made Harold Holt disappear because they were worried that he was going to lead the entirety of Australia into an enormous gangbang. Or with, um, into one BJ. <laughs> of all of Australia. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's much easier to imagine... No, maybe it's not. I was going to say it's much easier to imagine LBJ giving the BJ to everyone in Australia than it is to imagine everyone in Australia giving a BJ to LBJ. Because I think... Oh, but you know, I guess, I guess if if they're not simultaneous, then it's 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 either way it's achievable. Um, <laughs> it might just be hard to get the security clearances for everyone. <laughs> mm. Do you think that there's a chance that a, a creature that would come to this country from an alien ship was a, is a water is a water based creature, mm. and because they're a water intelligent creature, they came and just went into the water mm. and then they Landed go in the oh, ocean looked around no doesn't seem like anyone's that intelligent here and then they yeah. just get out and they leave bloody could be imagine that you travel all the way across the universe but you're so narrow minded that you don't think that the pinnacle of civilization could be on the land or it could it could be that you know they land on on and and then they open the hatch, and all the water drains out of their their spaceship, mm. right? And then they come out like a sort. Of, they basically look like a goldfish, and they just flop onto the ground there, and they just flap around a bit, and then they suffocate. Well, the, all those, <laughs> like all those, broken... the, those, um, those sort of aliens you see, you know, from that Roswell thing, they all look like they're relatively wet. They do. They, they kind of have a shiny. Thing which is something that you know it requires more moisture. I think maybe they could just be shininess and moisture are inextricably you know, linked. Yeah, they've got a bit more of a squid type skin. I was going to say mm. squid type squin. Mm. Well, I'm glad you didn't say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. weird that they landed on the land, but maybe that's the crash element was that they crashed onto the land instead of landing in the ocean by mistake. Because I don't know. Because on their planet, water looks like dirt. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, but, that was close, Andy. That was. I mean, it would almost narratively work. Oh, Alistair, I've lost it. I've lost it, you know? Well, you can't lose it yet, Andy. We've written down four things. Four things. I love that they're things. I love that they're not sketch ideas. <laughs> but... <laughs> This is season two, baby. This is even the second half of season two. Is this the, the second half of season two? The bar has never been lower. Andy, it's not the second half of season two. First, season one lasted for 200 episodes. <laughs> yeah, but season two is only 100. We only got recommissioned for another 100 episodes because they weren't <laughs> They, they didn't weren't have 100% the <laughs> that we had it in us. And they knew that <laughs> they we have to do right. 300 at the end of that one. <laughs> That's so the like... equivalent of another 60 episodes. Is that right? Three hundred. Be right. That's. I think that's right. Oh my oh. god! That is sixty episodes, Alistair. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what, but you know, two hundred was forty episodes. <laughs> sixty episodes. That's more than a year's worth of podcasts. <laughs> you know what that means? By the time we finish that episode, we've got to do. We got to do the four hundred episode. No, we don't. That'd be crazy. Oh. Good Lord. Good Lord, it will reach that point where we just I never mean, are able to stop. We could technically just count the number of sketch ideas that we've done and then re rearrange all the episode numbers mm. so that it we, we rearrange it so that it's five ideas on each one and then yeah. see how many episodes we've done. Really? Really? As so we know, could say honestly. episode 100 is probably episode like, you know, 100 and... 25 to 210 or something. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I like it, Al. (laughs) I like it. This is what we're going to dedicate our time to. We're quite busy at the moment, but I think if we spend the next week renumbering all the podcasts, that will be a good use of ours and everybody else's time. Yeah. And bandwidth. Um, 
Do you think the fox, do you think there's a more beautiful animal than the fox? A really great question. It's going to be hard to top it, isn't it? I mean, mm. if you see a real clean fox, right? Yeah. Real clean. <laughs> I think I think a lot of the, I think a lot of I the I mean, foxes, the implication is just that there's, you, you've seen a lot of dirty foxes. Well, I think that your average urban fox, you know, he's getting into the bins and that sort of stuff and is padding around and the on the gravel, and I just don't think that they keep themselves nice like those bush foxes do. Those, And I think you want a fox in England as well where it's not so dusty and you can see them in that kind of little bit wet maybe. Maybe they're a little bit wet. You want wet. a fox that's a little bit wet? <laughs> isn't, isn't like looking, you know, isn't being a bit wet, doesn't that make you look a bit oily in a way? Yeah, you're right, and a bit ragged, and then your hair isn't as fluffy as perhaps it could yeah, be. Yeah, no, you want that, you want that light, fluffy hair, very thin, you know, it's here's like a, passing your hand, hand through something that doesn't exist. Here's, yeah. a, here's a concept that'll, that'll, that could very well be a sketch idea, right? Okay. It's a... Because because what do we have at the moment? We have landscape gardeners who will come and clean up your, you know, uh, floral environment, right? Mm -hmm. We'll we have um, dog groomers who will come and clean your domesticated animals, Mm. make them look beautiful. But what about a service that will come and catch the wild animals in your environment? And just give them, make them look a hundred and ten percent, and clean them up. (laughs) They groom. Yeah, they wild animal groom groomer. foxes. That you know, it's a cross between a snake catcher and a dog groomer. Mm. They will catch the snakes and they will give them, they will make them look beautiful, and then release them back into the environment, back yeah. into your house, back into you know, yeah. I the mean, same I, they could do the that, in, you know, in the in the animals that are around your house, but then also the ones that are inside your house. Mm. So yep, I think if you have mice, if you have cockroaches and things like yes. that, you know, <laughs> using Q-tips to sort of polish their backs, you know, getting Get them up on the up. hoist, turn yeah, them upside any... down, clean the <laughs> carapace. Now you don't yeah, have to oh. worry about getting germs from them as well, mm, right? It's yep. actually quite, it, it allows you to live in a little more harmony with these creatures. You don't care if a cockroach scuttles across your food. Maybe, maybe this is how the sketch starts. You know, mm. uh, some people are having dinner with, you know, it's a, it's a nice dinner they're having with some friends that they've invited around. And then all of a sudden, a cockroach scuttles across the, the dinner plate, the, the, the steak of one of the, uh, the, one, the, of the, of the woman guest. And she screams, she says, ah, there's a cockroach. And then the hosts are like, don't worry, we've had them cleaned. We found this wonderful news service. And they clean, they clean everything, and they've cleaned the cockroaches. It's, they're perfectly safe. You could eat off them. You know, in fact, look at Robert. They, they lick it. And then, and? and then you see Robert, and he's, there's like a cockroach with just a, just a stack, like a little pile of hummus on his back. <laughs> and he's, he's just, just licking, licking the back off. of this cockroach, and he's <laughs> giving a little bit to the cockroach. He's feeding. He's eating some with the cockroach. He's doing that thing that you do, like with a dog, that some people will do. Well, they'll put one end of a dog bone in their mouth. And <laughs> is this mm-hmm. a thing that people do? Have I imagined yeah. this? Yeah, they do that with cockroaches <laughs> as well. They put a little bit of hummus in their mouth. <laughs> they and they let the cockroach eat from their mouth a little bit. Eat the other end of the hummus. It's almost a lady in the tramp sort of. Uh, yeah. Noodle situation, but with a we, bit of hummus and a cockroach. Yeah, but we because we rarely ever get to kiss an insect mm. on the mouth. We started this episode kissing a horse on the mouth, mouth, and here <laughs> but we are. Only, but only because it looked like a human from that angle. Mm. Yeah, this has evolved. You know, now it's a cockroach. We yeah. know it's a cockroach, but we know that it's clean. Well, that's right. Because <laughs> I keep picturing, you know, that thing that you pull out from. From a, a set of um, nail clippers, and there's that little arm that you can pull out. That's kind of got yeah, the file got on it, but, the, and... but then the little hooky bit at the top. Yeah. For some reason, they, I picture using that bit to just, you know, in the in the in the gaps between the panels on a mm. on a cockroach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the belly of a cockroach <laughs> or whatever, just getting it in there, kind of getting any gunk mm. out like that. Maybe using a little toothbrush. I love know, it. Cleaning that sh- shit out. Yep. Um, that- 
that's the service they provide. Like every yeah, nook and cranny. It's a really good service. On your creepy crawly. Nook and cranny on your creepy crawly. Yeah, but then also, you know, they clean the birds that live in, around you oh, or just yeah. that are migrating by. I give them an enema. <laughs> <laughs> give them a little bird little a coffee, little, enema. Little coffee enema. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Well, Andy, I don't know if you know this, but we um we have listeners and um some of them can can donate to our pre- Patreon and then um which is so kind. It's the, one of the kindest things that anyone could ever do. Uh especially in in these trying times. Uh-huh. Uh well, and then they can do- and then they can suggest three words for the end of a you know, for a sketch at the end of a, an episode. And uh, this one probably it was probably these words were probably donated quite a long quite some months ago. Um mm. but these come from Where the dog hair network dog hair network. Oh my goodness. Hello dog hair network. Yes, Rory. Po- yeah, Rory from uh, from it's a podcast Scotland. network from Scotland in the Thanks, United mate. Kingdom currently. Legend. Uh-huh. Yeah. I but mean, depending on how you feel about it, Rory, we are very pro or anti Scottish independence. That's right. We, we'll we, allow you to form our opinion. As a, uh, there's a political, <laughs> there's a Patreon tier where you can dictate one of our significant political opinions <laughs> <laughs> on a very specific regional. Um... It, it, yes, on a geopolitical issue that does not affect us in any way. <laughs> That's right. Um, there's a lot of. Um, sort of Middle Eastern and Israeli up, opinions up for grabs if anybody wants us to <laughs> yeah. hold yeah, a very a nice, strong opinion on that. Nice non-controversial stuff. Um, well, uh, this this network has um, provided these three words. Do you want to try to guess what the three words are? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, reputation. No. Uh, Trench coat. Links. No. Links. Poison. No. Uh, uh, links again, but spelt the other way. No. <laughs> oh, the answer damn. is war. Trench coat, poison, war. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Well, yeah, trench yeah. coats, um, I imagine, are called that because they were worn in the trenches. Is that right? Like probably a first world war, first world war, and. And yeah, possibly, poison, yeah. of course, they did use it in the First World War. They were chemical chemical weapons were not illegal at that point, I believe. And mm, I chlorine smell a good gas, sketch coming up. Chlorine gas was often used. Oh, so it would have smelled um, a bit like a pool. It would have smelled a bit like a swimming pool. Yes, which would have been exciting for a moment. You thought, oh, finally, you pop your head up from the uh, from the trench. The Germans are putting in a pool, and cool. then what should occur? But you die horribly. <laughs> in enormous blood pain. in the lungs. Blood in the lungs. You sort of choke. pooling blood pooling in the lungs, and you say, "Oh, there was a pool after all." Boy, is my face red from the blood I am coughing <laughs> and up. <laughs> my mouth and my lungs and my trench coat is also stained red. Is this? Is this anything? Is this good? Is this good? Tell when we you sort what. Of, sort of mock sort of a thing. Oh, we're not mocking. No, we're not mocking. I'm, I'm not mocking the, the, the soldiers. We're mocking the victims of war. Right. <laughs> not mocking, mock, mocking our servicemen. We're mocking the ones who died. The horribly. ones that they killed. Yes. Um, uh, I, I agree with that, Andy. I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, the. Is there anything in the pool angle, though? You know, well, the fact that it does smell like a pool. It stings when you get it in your eyes. Yeah, and it ble- probably bleaches your hair a little bit, maybe. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, and it makes the air turn purple when you pee in it. <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> that's why it was so The Germans were doing it, because they wanted to know. We'll know if you've peed here. We'll know if you've peed in the trenches. We'll know where you've peed. Throughout Europe, mm. it will be very obvious where people peed. From now on, that's what they wanted to do. They're, really, oh. they were just trying to stop people peeing in certain places. Um, that's how it was going to make is... a great Germany, a great large Germany. Um, this is not in any way anything. Um, I mean, when one, I p- picture the trench coat thing, we did talk about the peeing, thing. the peeing purple thing a while ago on the on a separate podcast. Yeah, 
And we didn't. I don't think we came up with a sketch idea with it, opt for it. But I think it would be good. Like you come into in any scenario, you come into a business meeting, right, or a boardroom meeting, and the boss tells you, and oh, and by the way, these uh, these chairs, these desk chairs, mm. are um, are with a special coating that turns purple, so we'll know if you've peed on them. <laughs> And uh, you know you I've, could get your house painted that... with a special paint that turns purple if somebody pees on it, so you'll know. I, I've put that in a lot of places in the office, <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you exactly where, but basically it will let me know if you've peed anywhere. <laughs> that uh, the soup, I've put that chemical in it, so I'll know if you've peed in the soup. That's a really good idea. I mean, I guess, that... but then you, you'd probably end up seeing it from people touching things and and uh, leaving marks from having a bit of pee on their hands. This and not is a, their hands. a future, in, but I mean, that's the thing that people would be interested in. I'd be interested to know if people aren't washing their hands. This is in a future in which, you know how we were all paranoid about um, uh, needles in strawberries. There was a you know nationwide panic. Uh, at the start of the year, about people putting needles in strawberries at the supermarket mm-hmm. and potentially kids getting them in their mouths and stuff. I don't think it ha- actually anyone actually got it anywhere, but it was like it was the prime minister was involved. We made new laws specifically to target people who were doing this. But what if the thing that we became terrified of was people peeing in things? It just became this national hysteria, mm-hmm. and so there was, the, you know. There were there were these solutions of having coatings everywhere and you know um, uh, pants monitoring equipment that <laughs> will know if you've taken your pants down anywhere that isn't the bathroom somehow. <laughs> it's so it's it's so um, child it's such a childish paranoia that we all have, but it's taken perfectly seriously by everyone. Look, I like that. I mean, I, lo- I love, mm. I love it with the with the guy, you know, the office guy who says he's put it yeah, right. around the office. So and you stuff liked like it that. at the start, and then you've sort of lost interest a little bit as it went on. Well, I mean, you know, look, I don't mind if it becomes a national thing. Um, I think that that could be a great thing in that universe. Um, you know, it really gives that sketch, you know, a place to go, and uh, we could probably maybe even turn it into a half hour sitcom, maybe a pilot, and then see if, you know. See if uh, maybe it gets picked up for a season. Mm. It's sort of let's do Black Mirror, right? But bike but mirror, shit. But, but but shit, but like nobody, like like if we did it, mm. that's what we'll do. Yeah, grey window. But you were going to say something a second ago. Oh I man, there. I wish I remember. And I'm very sorry that um, I, it was about the trench coat. You said something. When I hear the trench oh, coat, I think yeah, no, the trench coat thing just makes me think of. Um, it's a man and a woman on a date, and the man is wearing a trench coat. And uh, but what yeah. what happens is as they're walking up ahead, there's one of those big holes that you know that bad guys dig to catch either people or animals or whatever. Mm. And uh, and he sees that and he goes, Ah, the lady. I don't want. To put her out, so he lays his coat over the hole. Yeah, and then you go after you, and then she steps on it and falls into the hole. Is that good? Is that something? <laughs> um, I mean, God, I mean, the idea that you would lay your coat down in a puddle yeah. for a woman to walk over is so deranged that you wouldn't just point it out to her and get her to walk around the puddle. Yeah, across the street or... And, you know, and at, what does at the... worst, pick them up and carry them. Carry them, sure, but don't... I mean, because I feel like you put your coat in a puddle, the, the muddy water's just going to soak straight through. Her shoes are still going to get wet. If that was the, is that the concern or is the woman barefoot or just wearing socks in this scenario? Because getting wet socks, I'll, I will agree, that is a nightmarish scenario. I'd rather have a, a, a filthy puddle-soaked coat than I would wet socks. Well, I guess maybe people used to get um, ringworm from walking barefoot around. Um, well, that could be it. 
And maybe this person was wearing shoes, but you know, maybe they're they're much more ringworm conscious. Here's a here's a scenario. The queen is scooting on her back down the street. <laughs> she's lying on her back and she's pushing herself along. Yeah, scraping like butt along the dirt. On her back. Yeah. On her back. You know, sort sort of like you might do on a on a s- very smooth stage or something, but it's not smooth. It's but but she's laying on her back and she's pushing and herself. Yeah, like headwards towards. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And the up ahead, there's a puddle, mm-hmm. and of course, the noble whoever it was, Earl of Gloucester, some fucking guy, sees the puddle ahead, and to protect her dignity, yeah. <laughs> Takes off his socks. <laughs> I don't know. This is nothing. no, but I guess, but especially, it would be especially useful then because she's, you know, scraping her back pretty bad. <laughs> that will yeah. that will scratch through those those you know those that velvet or whatever she's wearing velour yeah. and get down to the skin pretty get soon. get down to the skin pretty soon. That's going to be uh, really pretty red raw and maybe even you know bloody. It's you don't want to get it into any kind of. So much infection, and water mm. is a great place for that. In fa- for that, mm. um, so then that's a good time to lay down your coat, or even sort of a you know an antiseptic cloth of some sort. <laughs> you could lay out some antiseptic wipes on top of the thing as she go- goes by, so that it it actually yeah, does a bit disinfect of... her back. Dis- now that's disin- an that's an act of gallantry if ever I saw one. <laughs> Here's another brief image, right? Mm-hmm. You're at the airport. There's the uh, you, you, those long um, corridors that you've got to go down with those travelators. Yeah. Right? But then next to the travelator, they also have a slip and slide, a slippery one of those things, just a stretched out bit of plastic. But one of those ones that you and run and then it. slide on. But yeah. So as you have the option of going on the travelator. Yeah. And then we see that, but then we also see this thing next to it, and then we see people with their full baggage, all their <laughs> suitcases, just getting a bit of a run-up and then diving onto their stomach and then yeah. sliding along with everything, smashing and crashing and then jumping up at the end. And they would get long. They'd get to the aeroplane faster. It's true. I like that a lot, yeah. It's a, um, you know, it's in your picture, like you can see like old women falling onto their... They did. Sliding is not used as a form of transport nearly enough. No, you're right. I mean, if there's a slight incline there, oh, you know, and if they, if they ooze up the slide a little bit, you know, then people, you know, I, yeah, I can picture old ladies sort of falling onto their baggage <laughs> and riding it, you know? And you go, whoa, 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 like that. But, you know, it's they know they're having a good time at the same time yes, and getting exactly. somewhere. And then you get on, everyone's getting onto the plane, very sort of... Yeah, gooey, but... Gooey, gooey. The suits, yeah. uh, the, 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 the seats are made, you know, they would be adapted to absorb a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I hope so. So they absorb it. They don't, <laughs> they don't clean it or dispose of it anyway. They, they just soak it up and Let's become up. sodden and squishy. And then when they're too wet, once they start oozing stuff out when you sit on them mm. and you throw the chair out, Got a wet form of transport. Another wet for, another form of wet transport brought to you by the wet transport sp- <laughs> specialists. Yeah, no, I do. I also like the idea of seeing that, like, just the shot like this, right? It's a person mm. walking, um, and they're just walking down that hall with the airport, mm. and then you see somebody on the travelator mm. behind them, sort of start overtaking them. Mm-hmm. You know, as walk past them as they kind of overtake them because they, you know, the, they've got a moving floor, and then in between the two, <laughs> somebody mm-hmm. just comes sliding through. You yeah, know, maybe right. maybe on their baggage, maybe going forward and then backwards and not being able to stay with themselves. Maybe you know, their family's following very quick closing. I think it's a good look. I think it's a. I mean, you know, we have the already. there's there's a paradigm shift that's waiting to be made in the way that those slip and slides work, which is that they rely on you having the slip and slide set up anywhere that you want to slip and slide. Mm. But if you had a coat and a sort of a a chest thing that dispensed detergent and water, then anywhere you go could be a slip and slide. If the floor was smooth enough, you could press a button 
and a little thing under your chin would go and squirt some detergent onto your onto your chest and then you just run and dive and it's it's dispensing the slip and slide as mm. you go the the detergent and you're just going for it well, I wonder if you were just inside a plastic tube at all times. Yes, Alistair, yes. <laughs> that was very gooey on the inside. Whether you could, you know, if it was clear, I suppose, but it's just yeah. that same kind of thick plastic. If you could just throw yourself at the ground and whether that would move a bit like a, you know, like a... like a. Why is it gooey on the inside? Surely you want it to be gooey on the outside so that it'll slide along the ground. No, but it, it's acting like a wheel and it's your internal motion... That that moves it forward a bit like a hamster. Oh, okay. Wheel. I, okay. So right, I was picturing a tube in the other sense that it like it's like you're standing in a rolled up cigarette or sort of tube. But well, you're thinking it's more of a. a it's like wheel. a donut. It's like a donut. Slippery wheel. Yeah, you're like inside yeah. a donut, but made of plastic. Yeah, and you just so good. throw yourself at the ground. And I assume it just kind of rolls. <laughs> And you and, slide, and so you just you slide wherever you want. You know, you could use it along the bike path because it's a wheeled, it's a wheeled vehicle. We, we it's it, you know, it's it's in the same territory as some other sort of big wheel transport we've come up with in the past. But this is a very exciting combining the slippery with mm. the wheel. Well, it removes the axle finally. Mm. The axle's been holding us back. Yep. it's been it's been requiring us to have multiple wheels. Down with axles. Axles um, of evil. I better take us through the sketch ideas for the day, Andy. Yeah, yes. We've, we've got numbers take place of animals and people fight them like Pokemon. But then, <laughs> but also, you know, the, the whole industry is based around numbers. These are some nice achievable sketches we came up with today yeah. and I like it. And then you must have been so sober when you came up with that. That's a new mm. thing we're going to start saying to people when they say something... Um, that's much more, you know, reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then we've got testing if diving is the same as reverse diving <laughs> and is the oh, same yeah. as Classic. reverse reverse diving. Classic sketch. Yeah, and then we've got water-based space submarine at car <laughs> show, the, go- the globule. Great. And then we've got wild animal cleaning. That's a, you know... It's the new service instead of uh, gardening. It's I'm now getting yeah. some vague deja vu that I feel like, have we had that one before? But surely not. I don't think so. And then we've got paint that turns purple, but around the office. Oh, it's paint that turns purple when you wee. Yes, that's crucial. Yeah. That's the crucial <laughs> element. Um, and then we've got slippery slide airport. Mm. Mm. And the personal slippery slide and the slippery slide wheel. And the personal... Is it good, Al? And the personal... What's I haven't really... I think I might per- call this episode The Globule. Yeah, I think that sounds yeah. good. Nice. Um, okay. I guess we got to... I got a big bag of nuts. You <laughs> can have some if <laughs> you want. I got <laughs> a big bag <laughs> of pears. <laughs> you can put them <laughs> in the air. <laughs> I got a small <laughs> box of wheat. You can <laughs> put it on your feet if you want. <laughs> I'm not happy with any of that. You know, Andy, I, listening to an I've interesting never, podcast about wheat today, though. Andy, I haven't listened to any of our episodes since we've been doing it in lockdown, and so I have no idea how our music hang, uh, syncs up. <laughs> Probably really terribly. <laughs> well, I don't know that it would be synced up to begin with, so it can, I guess it can't hurt. Except the listener, of course, they can be Great. hurt. Yeah, it. no, they. I'm sure they're very hurt. Yeah, and it would explain time. why no one's made a an album based on <laughs> on the music from our podcast. <laughs> Finally, a reason. Oh, of course, it's the physical pain that explains it. <laughs> um, thank uh. you very much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter and at mm. at Two and Tank at me. I'm at Alistair TV TB. Mm. Yeah, I'm at Stupid Old Andy. We're at Toon Tank, as you said. You can support us on Patreon. Thank you to everybody who does that and everybody who doesn't. And you can um, review us if you'd like. And you can download Magma from sospresents.com. And, you can um, have a really great life as well. Yeah. And Continue I'd just to like so. to recommend that you listen to a podcast called Frontier Wars. Uh, it's about Australian indigenous history and the... Uh, uh, the invasion by uh, settlers 
And it's just a thing that I didn't know anything about and I've listened to a bit of and I know a lot more about it now. And it's good. Oh, I know. look forward to listening. All right, mate. I look back Wait, on listening. Are you you said it like I was like I was um uh what's that word? Virtue signaling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely was by even mentioning it. So Great. it's good to be in good company. Nice and we, we love, love you. you. We do. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.